This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And you need to check out, I did this actually over the weekend, Chris, their website. Beautiful brand new website where you go to look at the items they have and also look at their holiday fair. Woo! Yeah. This is where we ordered our stuff for the holidays. It's a beautiful website and there's a lot of choices you have that will whet your appetite for what you can do for the holiday. Absolutely. You can reserve your fresh Shelton's turkey, whether it be cooked or uncooked, side dishes, dessert. We did a ton of those for Thanksgiving, by the way. You can save time and money by ordering online and have it waiting for you at the store. We're actually going to pick it up on Burnside on our way home. There you go. Very convenient. And it's good stuff. You know, what I like, as I noted on the upper left corner of the site, there's a fresh this week button. You click on that and it takes you to their sale flyer. So good deals on everything from uh, Harris Ranch Stranding Rib Roast for the holidays, Honey Glazed Whole Hams, Shelton's Turkeys, Grain Bed Frenched Lamb Racks. And one of my favorite things to get there is just rare roast beef for sandwiches. Mm, I, I could really go to Zupan's Markets right now. Just for that. Another great thing is they have uh, is their flowers, which are unbelievable. I was out at the Lake Oswego location just the other day. Mm-hmm. Beautiful flowers. And you can order those and they'll be delivered. Those will be delivered. Absolutely. It's the freshest, most local market you can find with the best ingredients and prepared food anywhere in Portland. Four locations, and I guarantee it, one of them is near you. Right. West Burnside, Belmont, Lake Grove, and the store I go to most often, McAdam. And, of course, you can check out their brand new, beautiful website, zupans.com. All right, once again, it's Right at the Fork, Portland's food scene podcast with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. And Court yes. from Kink Mornings. Yep. And uh, back for another week of uh, of the podcast. It's We are now approaching the final month of the year, Chris, the, the third year of Right at the Fork. Completion of three years. I never had any idea. Did you, when we first sat down to do this, that we'd get through three years and, no, I was, and it would be growing? Frankly, I was surprised you made it through a year. Yeah, probably a month. That way, you know, no, the, a couple of months. There was, there, was a, there, was a, there was some, I don't know what the term would be, some steadfastness. There was this uh, fury of activity to get a bunch of stuff uh, ready to go. And we had full episodes, full interviews for the first, I don't know, six months. Yeah. And then we you kind of changed format a little bit. Yeah, I, I here we been, are, Court. I've been really enjoying myself as we talk about uh, today. Uh, well, actually, we talked about it in a different recording. We did two do two recordings, sometimes three, sometimes three in one yep. day. Mm-hmm. So in one of the others, we talk about appreciation. Um, but um, I really pre- I really enjoy doing this now. It's be- become a lot of fun. There was a time there where I was I was liking it, but I wasn't loving it. Right. So um, I've been loving it lately. And uh, it's become very fun. So thank you. Yeah. Well, and, and and thank the listener because every yeah. month we've been uh, just increasing the number of listens and the interaction with, with y'all. I looked this weekend. We just had a crazy week. Yeah, right? we did. Mm-hmm. Um, with David Machado. And I looked this weekend and if our numbers from last year are quadrupled, mm-hmm. which is it was doubled and then tripled and now we're quadruples week to week. We're not going to. We're not going to do four times what we did last year. Yeah, but almost. We're it's almost. slight increases here and there, and it's just been it's just and been great. We really appreciate it. So that means that people have been sharing it, and um, and it's catching on a little bit. So. I think what I think what's great about Right at the Fork is that there are so many people like you. You mentioned David Machado, or people like today's guest uh, Oswaldo. Let me say that again, Oswaldo who have these just great, unique stories. And, you know, you can't find Oswaldo's. That's why it was great to have him on. I was yeah. looking for a bio. Yeah. No, it, and now if, I'm looking gonna... at, if I'm looking at your notes, your notes say, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> so anyway, it was great to have Oswaldo on. I met him uh, early on in my days of Portland Food Adventures. The uh, I believe it was Dana at DOC and Yakuza who suggested him for um, as one of the chef's choices for one of their events. Got to know him. He was first thing he said is whatever you need, and uh, you know who doesn't love that, right? And he's done that ever since. And then when we did one of my favorite PFAs ever at Authentica, and you know it's not one of those that I think most people would say, oh, I can't wait to do 
Authentica, it's wonderful. It's not your standard Mexican fare. It's, right. it's elevated Mexican flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew Oswaldo fairly well, but he was just he's just been so incredibly generous and positive all throughout, and we had a wonderful time uh, when we did an event at uh, Authentica. I love Unamas, and uh, when you know, it comes time to come to guests, I got a little list and He's always stood out there as someone I'd like to, people to get to know better. Yeah, and cer- certainly a guy who, who works hard but uh, it doesn't believe that he's got it all figured out. I mean, he no. talked about that a, a few times during today's podcast. And we're in a changing world right now, not only with the restaurant industry changing yep. with minimum wage and challenges uh, to keep a restaurant going. Mm-hmm. But we talked um, – I, I had a hard time resisting asking him how he felt about Trump right. and a Trump presidency. Yeah. And you and I had a little discussion whether or not we should include it. And uh, because I know both of us have been trying to stay away from news. Yeah, it's, it's to have a go better stay life. away from news, turn off Facebook, let's right. not even watch television. I have been listening yeah. to records. I put my Pioneer turntable, yeah. installed that, and I've been listening to everything from the 70s and 80s that I was listening to. Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to get away from politics. And so we decided this is at the end of the podcast today. Right. If you don't feel like hearing about politics... You, there's a you'll it's, know when to turn it's literally, it off. It's literally the last uh, big question you, you talk to him about. Right. So I just ask um, how he feels as a Mexican American. Yeah. Uh, with this presidency, and I don't think he's there's nothing he says that's really controversial or unexpected. Nope. But you can you can see what a dedicated uh, man he is and how he loves this country. Absolutely. And, and thought yeah. this thought this country was great before we were told we had to make it great right. again. Yeah. So. Um, at any rate, I think everyone will enjoy it. And again, thanks everyone for listening. And by the way, we're on Instagram, Food Podcast PDX. That's right. So at Food Podcast PDX. Join us there. You know you can find us on Facebook. The usual iTunes. Stitcher. Rate us. Do something good yep. for, uh, as, as a gift to us this holiday season. Mm-hmm. Right at the Fork is supported by... Upserve. Upserve is the cloud-based restaurant management system serving up everything you need to know to run a smoother operation and exceed guest expectations. It's your restaurant. Run it like you mean it with Upserve. Visit Upserve.com to request a demo today. Tell them you're a Right at the Fork listener and get special pricing. The Chew Dining Club. Chew Dining Club gives you rewards and intel from Portland's best restaurants. Check in at participating establishments and you'll get rewards you want, like free pizzas, beverages, and extended happy hour deals, plus exclusive information and invites to fun food events. Chew. Find it on iTunes or Google Play. Leanne Bach of M Realty. Choosing the right realtor can make or break the buying or selling experience in real estate. Leanne Bach is in tune with the ever-changing Portland landscape, especially as it pertains to our food and restaurant world. Why not work with someone who's in step with you? Find Leanne at LeanneBach.com. L-E-A-N-N-E-B-A-C-H.com. And by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and craft beer. Emphasizing locally sourced items. Zupan's has been inspiring food lovers and local chefs for over 40 years with the very best Northwest bounty in Portland. West Burnside, Southeast Belmont, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Zupan's Markets. Love your food. So, I haven't seen you in a while. What's new in your life? Uh, well, just like every chef, working, working, uh, every... Every day, just with the try to bring in new ideas, uh, work on a new project. I can, I can tell now. So, but it's it's gonna be like maybe next year. Oh, cool! We open up a different one. No more tacos for now. So, and I assume it's not gonna be ramen. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I, I think we have. I personally think we have too much of that. But you, that's, you, too much ramen. Yeah, there... I mean, you can get a lot of ramen in Portland, and five years ago, you couldn't get any. That's true. It's so, like, it was the hot thing. But, yeah. you know, it's the same thing with what you do. I was thinking about your business, and Uno Mas is just a wonder. both of them wonderful places. There are two, right? Yeah, two. Not three. Uh, uh, just two Uno It's hard to keep up nowadays because everybody is expanding all the time. But you're competing a lot with food carts because of the food carts out there, there are a lot of tacos. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, well, food cart, you know, is very is very popular here in Poland, and uh, and I and I do. It is a lot of Mexican. It's a lot of Mexican cuisine. It's a lot of it's a lot of good food out there, and uh, and also food cart is more affordable and it's more like more easy too. You know, when you go, not as warm though. Ah uh, no, <laughs> no, of course on the uh, on the winter, but summer, you know, people, you know, like uh, Poland people love. Well, you know, we have, uh, just any any season we we love any season. I I, I love. I love summer like I love, like you know the winter. Um, but I think um, food cars and uh, out there though, it's so just growing and but, growing now. But does it create a problem for you? Because you know there are a lot of food carts out there. You, you someone wants a taco, and we just had an episode with Nick Zukin, right? Yeah, Great, best Mexican street food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of yeah. course he mentioned you. But if someone wants that. There are a lot of places to get it, you know, and it's a crowded food city right now. So um, is that something that ever concerns you with Uno Mas or you have your you have your audience? You obviously have some crossover between Uno Mas and Authentica, but they're probably two different two different clientels that you have. Yeah, the, definitely. It's, it's totally different clientele from uh, Authentica to Uno Mas. And uh, you still have the... You know my uh, my regular customer. They 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 visit me. Uh, they they go to Uno Mas. They when they are in a rush or something. You know, like this small one in twenty four and Gleason, or if they go to uh, again up uh, at the Timbers or Thorn. So they they stop by like you know have a tacos and just quickly. So it's, it's still have a pretty good uh, clientele and regular regular. Regular clientele. From, from they're them. great tacos, by the way. Well, thank you. You don't need me to tell you that. You know that. <laughs> well, try you know just try to do my best. Try to working with uh, great cooks, great great people. So always always there. Try to trying the uh, trying the flavor. Try to make sure everything is is you know that everything is good. That's uh, all. You put a lot into that. So listen. I think your website is down, right? So when I asked you, can you get me some information on you? And usually if I can't get much from someone coming on, I can find something on the website. It's down. So there's not a lot of information on you out there that is to be found. So I couldn't find where you grew up, mm-hmm. when you get, got to Portland. Uh, I know in the past you've cooked with some of Portland's best chefs. You you're uh, you're beloved by a lot of people in Portland. When one thing I learned early on, when as I started doing events and meeting people and getting their meeting chefs mm-hmm. and restaurant owners and getting their recommend, recommendations, a lot of people pointed to you. I've come to you a few times for Authentica uh, yeah, yeah. to say, Oswaldo Vitali mentioned you and and Dana at DOC when we did one of our first events. Everybody loves you, um, but. Uh, I wasn't able to find where you worked to get to your own restaurant. Can you give us a little background as to let's start let's start in the womb, where you grew up or where we, where did you come from? I'm original from uh, uh, Guerrero on uh, south on the south. Pacific. I knew that and I forgot. <laughs> That's my memory. I've written about that before. Uh, yeah, I grew up on a small, really tiny uh, town, like about three hundred people, but it's where the great food, the you know, you enjoy everything from vegetable to, you know, everything. So, and whereabouts is Guerrero? The what? Whereabouts in Mexico is Guerrero? Where? Oh, it's on the south, and it's on the border with uh, with Oaxaca, Michoacan, and uh, and uh, Cuernavaca. So it's, more on the east side, yeah, e- e- eastern region. Yeah, Acapulco is part of that. You know, that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a big, huge tourist. But the food in Acapulco is not is not as good because it's a, it's a tourist. Yeah, but what the the town uh, where I I grew up so is is. So what did your what did your parents do, or what did you? What was your childhood like? How many how how many people in the house, in your household? What were meals like? What was. Yeah, it was a lot of, you know, I grew up with my, my grandma and uh, my, of course, my mom, uh, my mom, she always was 
was working, you know, like every, you know, you know, like every culture, every culture has different, uh, we got different cultures uh, and uh, we, we are, uh, we are uh, six, six, uh, four brother and a uh, three sister. And where are you on the hierarchy there or the chronology, I should say? Are you the old in the older side, the younger? I am on the on the middle. Okay. Yeah, I can say that. So, uh, and I just will grow up together, and uh, with after you know, when you grow, grow up, and you know you you got you got that idea, and uh, you're tired of the small town. You want to move to uh, you're gonna move, and uh, that's what was my idea so and, uh, was it food know. i mean what was your idea how did oh, you what was your plan it was uh, it was moved to the to the city you know big big city with, which was acapulco was close like about three hours from there three or four hours and uh by then i got my my aunt she was working in a in a restaurant and i asked her say well can i just come in and just See if I can, you know, if I can do something there because I want. I wanted to do something. I wanted, you know, to excuse me. And uh, how old were you then? I'm 49. No, how old were you then? Oh, when I, I was like, uh, what there, like, uh, 12, 13 years old. Okay, so that's pretty early to, yeah. to take an interest in something like that. Yeah, yeah. and 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 ha- and know that you want to get out. Usually, it's like. 14, 15, where you get to that complaining stage and you, you hate your hometown. Right. So, was the restaurant that your aunt was at, was that in Acapulco or was that in your hometown? In Acapulco. Okay. Yeah. And you had said uh, that Acapulco, was it at the time very, I don't want to say Americanized, but they were probably doing more more what we call here in America Mexican food rather than what's true. Yeah, it truly. was. Yeah, it was. It was, it, it was a traditional uh, restaurant. Uh, outside you know the tourist area you yeah know? like uh, about like i don't know five miles from of course it's always been like a, a food car you know it's always been like a, a tacos all over so mm-hmm. by that time i i can tell like in 19 1980 84 you know it was like acapulco was beautiful still beautiful but now it's everything's been changed you know but it was like the best, you know, and uh, and I I learned so I learned a lot, and uh, I start working as you know a clean uh, like like every body, you know, when you started when you want to do something, you you need to whatever job they offer to you, you, you gotta do it. Yeah, and, uh, especially at twelve. Yeah, I don't think you can say, hey, I don't want to necessarily be washing old. dishes, right? Yeah, but in uh, in Mexico, you know, they 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 let you, you know, because it's 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 hard. It's like a, I think it's like any country, uh, you know, sometimes life is, is a little hard. So, what was your awareness at twelve or thirteen years old of the world? What did you? I mean, in Guerrero, mm-hmm. what did you know? What media did you consume to know that something was happening in Los Angeles or or New York, or was it pretty much Acapulco was your was yeah. the scope of your world mm-hmm. that was is that as far as it went at that point? Well, it was a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of tourists like cruise, you know, like all those the, the ship, like how do you call that? Say, I remember the, the love cruiser. the love boat always stopped in Acapulco. And my parents <laughs> went there too. Yeah, there's a nice resort there. They were yeah, La, so, La Bri- Las Brisas. Las Brisas, yeah, it's yeah. All rem- about up there, up there, up the hills, are super super beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was pretty much like, a, seems like a lot of a lot of people, a lot of tourists, and everything. I said, well, now I gotta, I gotta, I gotta move out from, you know, from here. Did you see it as there's more opportunity if there are tourists there, or just something different than Guerrero? I think <laughs> it was something different. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely something different. Good. So, um, did you did you become a good cook there? At what what was the progression to get to Portland or on the way to Portland? I think uh, the idea was, you know, to still move up. You know, a lot of people say, well, 
I saw a lot of people coming from, you know, directly from the United States. They well, it's, it's a chance, you know, it's an opportunity out there. And the only, uh, I will think, it, to me, always I think, I say, well, I'm going to go there and I just improve my improve my my English. So speak a little more, you know, fluent a little bit more English. That was the idea. And then and then I was thinking, move back back to to Mexico, to Guerrero, and open something, a restaurant, because I... I grow and I, you know, I grow in a, in a restaurant business in the mm-hmm. industry. So that's, that was the idea. So to come in here and go back. So was there something in your aunt's restaurant, aunt's, I don't know, I pronounce, I have my East Coast pronunciation, your aunt's restaurant or somewhere else that you tasted and said, oh, this is, this is delicious and I really want to work in this industry. Sometimes I think that's what it takes, right? To develop passion for it, you can't just see, hey, this is going to be an occupation. You have to, you're passionate for what you do. Oh, yeah. When did that kick in? When did that, for you? I think since I, uh, I saw my, my aunt, you know, she's, she's really like. She's still alive? Uh, yeah, she's 80, 88 years old, mm-hmm. and she's still in a, and, uh, and I remember that she make like this. Like whatever you know, guisado she make like uh, chicken or pork, you know. So with that, you know, with the deep flavor, like you know, uh, good. And that was, you know, sometimes I'll try it and I eat it and say, oh, I I wanna I wanna do it. I wanna I wanna cook like you know she. So it was better than what you were having as a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a completely different thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and where'd you go from there? How'd you how did you get to the United States? Well, just I I just like everybody just out coming like risk risk everything. I said, Well, gotta go there and see what happened and by then I got a brother in uh here in Poland and then I said, Well, just coming here. So I, I got a, in LA for just a week but I never uh, you know and then I just moved moved here to Paula where my brother was. I remember my brother was working at the Vintage Plaza Hotel with the, mm-hmm. with the, Rapaz- and then Rapazos? with Pazos, and then he he talked to Dave Machado about about me, you know, and uh, he and I said, well, okay, well, what you wanna what you wanna do? He said, well, anything you got, so I can, you know, just I uh, just I wanna work, I wanted to work, I wanna learn, so. That's all. We just had David Machado. This he's this week's podcast. Yeah. This is going to stream in a few weeks. But um, he he Pazzo was a big part of the current. Oh yeah, yeah. You know it it, it planted the seeds for a lot of people. Oh yeah, it's you know Benjamin from Resta Cocina is a lot of a lot of great chef like Batali thing, famous, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know a lot a lot of great chef though is. Becoming part from you know all that you know part so I think uh, I got just a great respect for uh, for any for all the chef all the chef here in Portland but I think I got my respect for Machado because he was one of the you know the the bigger the the bigger you know the it, who who start that one and who start the you know that maybe that concept on on food that you know just bring something different to Portland I think it was. Like super, super good, you know, and I, and I and it's still, it's still like uh, still in touch with him when I need something, when I advise or something. I I I feel free to to call him because you never start, you never you never stop learning what you know when you love something. So you you learn from everything from everybody. I can learn from him, from you now, or from you know. Like There's just, not much you can learn. From <laughs> no, quarter of me now. <laughs> 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 but I do. I learn from my dishwasher for any idea and everything. That's that's what I never. I never say I'm. I'm done. I am who I am. You know, just, nobody can teach me. Nobody can show me anything. I will able to to listen and uh, hear to my whatever you know. People coming to my restaurant and everything. Okay, you got this idea and everything. Fine, no problem. So we will see. Yeah. So. Um... Did you have, I keep asking about these moments, did you have a moment, maybe at Pazzo or maybe later, when you thought, I like this, 
I like this United States thing. I love Portland. Did you have that moment uh, at Pazzo? Was yeah. it there or was it after? No, I think it was at Pazzo. Yeah, my it was my first first job in nineteen ninety five, and uh, I just I was I remember when the they used to have like a bakery a baker in there. They cooked their own bread and everything, and uh, a sandwich shop, and and I remember they let. Uh, the sandwich they let the guy the sandwich guy they let they let they let it go and uh and they trained me they I got trained only one day when uh Italian food I never I never thought I'm gonna I'm gonna cook Italian food or start with Italian cuisine. Uh and then well they told me I said, Well, you're gonna work tomorrow at, you know, doing the sandwiches you I said, Well <laughs> okay, I will do it, and then I, I started there. You know, I, I didn't sleep the night and everything. Just try to memorize all the uh, you know recipes, different ingredients and everything. So because, and I uh, like all this rosemary. What's rosemary? What is tarragon? You know, I know try to you know, and tasting everything. And, and yeah, my my first day uh, I do. I did pretty good, I think. <laughs> yeah, really? You got through the first day. And after it, a while, did do you think you improved their sandwiches at Pazzo? Do you think you got better and, and said, okay, I can do this. I can do... I never... Do meatball Parmesan sandwich? What kind of sandwiches were you doing over there? Well, I think I would do like all this roster beef and uh, just roasted peppers, uh, like with this eggplant, like... Uh, I uh, just really uh, it was really good sandwich though they they were doing the recipe was super. And uh, were you working close to Vitali at the time? Was he still there? Or had he left? He left at that. point. I think, uh, but then he already left. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Now that I just it was probably I, right after if you started in around ninety five. Yeah, he, I think he was started Paley's in ninety four. Ninety four, yeah, yeah I think, I think so. like a year. Right. No, but it was like a just. A great like, and then it is when I when I realized I saw, uh this this is turned like a little interesting, uh, like uh, what I I don't know if I want to go back or something. I gotta decide what I'm gonna do and everything. So just work hard for to open my own restaurant with your uh, new concept on Mexican cuisine. I don't know. I I need to learn first. I need to learn all this, and do, then it's, do you think? Cooking Italian helped you with Mexican cuisine. Was there any part of that that you could apply to make you a better, a better Mexican chef? I, I think so. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's you know it's a lot of like, and any cuisine like a French or Italian or, or what you know, you learn the technique and everything. You learn the uh, the uh, the quality and uh, on any dish, and by then you you create your own your own concept, which is that's what I did with Authentica. You know, create. I put a you know I didn't put any element from a uh, from Italian or French. So I just I I how can I say I just I did a little a little better. You know, like a a, a refine. Uh, that's the right the right. Mm -hmm. And uh, just that's what I'm doing. That's what I keep doing, you know, because I learned just too much from those, from that, from the, you know, cuisine, like Italian or French. Or, uh, and I, I think it, uh, it was, and it, it make me like a better, like uh, a better cook by then, a better chef, like learn, learn it from, from different, different culture. Of different cuisine, right? So, and I would imagine it wasn't easy. You could have it was nice to have a vision to open Authentica. I don't know if that was the vision when you were at Pazzo, but um, how did you go from working as a cook to opening your own restaurant? Because you you could, I'm sure, it doesn't sound like you came up here with a lot. You were, you know, you came up and risked everything. Yeah, you didn't have anything. No, it was it was it was hard. So I got the uh, I got the opportunity to 
to start as a, a sandwich, you know, like making sandwiches. The and I got that opportunity. Well, I need, I gotta, gotta get it. You know, I need to. I gotta focus on this because I wanna. I wanted to learn. I wanna do it. And uh, and then just uh, my focus was and just learn more and more. And then I, after like a month working or two months, yeah, by my by myself, the uh, the sandwich shop. So I decided to to find another restaurant. And then I, I work, you know, I work in uh, this big chain restaurant, Lions restaurant, as, you know, as a prep and a dishwasher, everything. I work Rick Robin, I work in uh, New Prevail, I work in, uh, on the, uh, do we, is, do we want to ask whether Red Robin gave you any inspiration for Authentica? <laughs> no, no, but I just I want to I just I want to I just I wanted to learn uh, uh, because every every restaurant has their own uh, you know like to organize everything. You can learn from from them. Sure, so that's all that kind of. Do you know uh, what's in the uh, the uh, campfire sauce? It's their dipping sauce for the French fries. Do you at least know that. <laughs> But the, I guess some paprika. It has to be a secret, secret paprika recipe. Mayo. Is that maybe it's a new addition? That maybe. was a while ago. That's yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was just I work in a lot. My corpus meat, uh, a lot of restaurants. I went to over a lot, but uh, I never left Pazzo. And then when Machado and Paul Ronstein, uh, Paul Ronstein. So you were working two jobs? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was working like three jobs. Uh, three? Yeah. I was working like like a lot. Then, you know, when I started, like after a year, were, when I started, like. Were I you said, married then? Did you have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's tough working three jobs. It and, is. And, then, and having a marriage. Yeah, with two, two kids. And yeah. Everything. But when you want, when you need something, when you want, something uh, you know always sacrifice you know i think sacrifice sometimes you need to sacrifice your family sacrifice your life for you know for what what you want uh now i'm i'm more i take a little more easy but but still it's still working well you should at this point how long yeah. have you had authentica now uh 10 years 10 years yeah at what point were you able to take it a little easy like a little more easy yeah, for me. Yeah, when, when did you get to, uh, when, we, when we met out in the lobby, you said you were going to, for Thanksgiving, watch some football, drink <laughs> a little bit. When did you actually get to start doing well, that? Well, I think it was like a, maybe like three years ago. Okay. It was a little more, it was a little about more, more easy. So you just said you're 49 years old, so I was at 46. You've pretty much busted your ass from 12 to 46. Oh, yeah. There's a lot, and it's, you're still busted. Did, did, oh, I, don't, I don't mean to uh, presume that you stopped. Oh no, no, I uh, <laughs> and if I keep like uh, the healthy that I got now, so I I will keep going. So bring a, bring a new concept for Portland. So and uh, because I love this city, I love these people, and uh, it just they. Does so anybody this, else know that you're bringing this new concept, or are you just uh, mentioning this? No, now? I just I just only. Only me, so I just... Oh, now yeah. a couple of people know. <laughs> Court, you know, I know, and there's right. a couple. Hello out there? Oh, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, it's fine, it's, you know, sometimes for people know a little bit, but no no name for now, no, no, not. I don't want to talk about what it's, what it's going to no, be. No, that's fine, I, right? I appreciate that. It's yeah. just good to know that you're expanding, and is that what it takes to keep you creatively interested? to open new things you tried mestiza a few years yeah, ago yeah and that was very well received by a lot of people yeah that was so what was the problem there why didn't that make it i think i did i think it was my mistake my mistake in there so i did i did too much and just in a, in a by the you know in that in that time of the year so i got authentica i don't have the the right chef at authentica and uh, I, I did Uno Mas, the Gleason one. And then I was doing the downtown. So it was like a four on the same time with no 
you don't have enough you don't and not, have, no not enough people to you know to to do it and, and that's not gonna get that's not getting any easier now as you're going into 2017 and talking about opening it another place it's one thing i see all over facebook is chefs looking for great cooks anybody yeah it's i don't know why but it's it's been like a very very hard to find the the right one of the right people who really wants to wants to work and uh you know job any job is hard but you know that and but when you want to say when you when you want when you love you you gotta go and learn and and just work because you look at sometimes you're looking for, they're looking for a job they call me and everything interview and everything then they don't show up it's it's hard you know it's, it's hearing, really not hard. hearing a lot of that right yeah. why do you think that is and it's generally i mean let's face it you're at the cook level it's going to be someone kind of young because you're not going to have 45 50 year old people who want to go in no. and, and hump it like that every day no 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 it's so what is it about 20 and 30 year olds that where, where they will actually get an interview or get in front of you and then not bother showing up what's what's going on i think it is uh, for me you know is 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 a is little you know like hard to say you know sometimes like the younger really you know very young people coming from the from the culinary school they do want to come in and then just start it like a they want to be t- they want to be Doug Adams they want to be on top chef they they right. want to be like just like right away right right there just jumping into the into the big but now everything he they he they got experience or they got ton experience and everything they got to go to the kitchen and learn the way you know the chef told you to do or the way you know the company told you to do and then he you don't like and everything like a professional say hey i i want to be honest and everything i don't want to work on everything i don't you know i don't feel in here or I, I don't know something but they they should say something because uh sometimes we interview and everything then they never show up or they one day and they they don't so at the risk of uh, in a strange time sounding politically incorrect, is there a difference between your native Mexican workers and American workers that you see in drive and and responsibility? Uh, you know what I I just on this on this uh, situation uh, and uh, I think I got a, I got a great great people working for both sides so they've been working for me for a long time so you know uh native uh america or mexica so they i do respect whatever decision they 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 you know they take in and they're they're bare. i guess i was really getting more at the applicants and yeah. when you're talking about the irresponsibility of not mm-hmm. showing up for work where I'm just trying to get a feel for where that where that lies, or if there's a generality. Who, who you, is? It? Yeah, if you if there's a generality pic, uh, picture, or if it's just a generational thing, I don't know. I think I'm not there. Is what it is. I think the generation, though, and I, people don't just. I don't know what is going to happen, but people, I, I I can say easily, I don't think they they wanted to work like uh, the way we do, like uh, in nineteen. 1980 something or 1995 so now they so my theory is this and it's a real general theory we have a generation of people who are used to clicking and getting a result right you click and something happens and when you actually can't click and you have to actually do things and and keep doing it click my way to eight hours of hard work exactly (laughs) click the score this this uh, you know, floor scrubbed clean. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't happen. You know, my my oldest son is in his late twenties. He's got a job clicking. He does very well. That's yeah. where he needs to be. <laughs> and um, but I'm wondering if that's what it is. We're in a we're in a, an immediate gratification yeah. generation. And you you and I and Court, we didn't when we were younger. We didn't have those means of getting immediate yeah. gratification. No, no. It was like getting in the car and going somewhere was the best we could do. 
for immediate gratification. No, my, the, the way to get the gratification for me, because my, my <laughs> first job with a real paycheck that wasn't me being a paper boy was I was the bus boy and I had to clean the kitchen every night. So I had to get down there and scrub the grease off the floor. And then I got paid three three dollars and sixty two cents an hour. Uh, you were above me. I well, I, had, I my first job in a kitchen. Well, it's probably my only one. Was in was when Nixon was in office. Yeah, and I was the salad salad guy, and that was hard work. Right, that was really you, you hard were in charge work. of the salad. You, oh, you made the salads. Of, I was in charge of the salad bar, so I was in and out of the oh, okay, in, in and out of the walk in all the time and filling that up, and it was. If I did a shitty job, he called me the salad boy. And if I did a good job, he called me salad man. All that, right. was, that was my reward as I got called salad man. Yeah. And no one would ever look at me now and think of me as, as a salad man. But um, but so that I think that that may be it. And it's it's uh, cross culture, too. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's generation. Yeah. You know, it just I think uh, and uh, all this technology and everything was happening now and it just is is hard though now and i don't know what exactly we're gonna do but i will we'll, you know we're gonna keep and try hard you know to bring bring good people to to the kitchen so i think we got they need they need to they need to know if they love if they love you know if they got love for the food and everything they need to start a war you know so are you concerned for not necessarily next year but 20 years from now for what it would be like to run restaurants with when it's when it's as hard as it is now to get help how is it going to be in 20 years imagine uh, hopefully uh, by then i don't know if i going to this is going to still alive you know with uh, well you'll be alive but <laughs> but how does it not necessarily for you but how does it bode how do you think it bodes for the the restaurant industry we all we're all, uh, all going to still want to eat oh yeah and, eat and well. um, they they need change their mentality. No, I think that's that's, that's not going to happen. You're old enough to know <laughs> that mentalities don't change. Yeah, they, they well, but so, so everything else is going to need to adjust to it somehow. And I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, well, they gotta. They love. I think the, my only advice is something. They love what they do, and they want to become like a great chef. So they gotta just teach what the new generation is, you know, becoming that thing that's going to be a, a big, like, uh, you know, for the, in a, in a 15 or 20 years of just keep going, keep push the people, you know, just talking and all that. Maybe I, you I just need to have TVs in the monitors in the, <laughs> in the kitchen so that everyone can run their current <laughs> Facebook live or their YouTube and they can at least see it and imagine that <laughs> right. that's what's happening. Sure. Um, and run it. Maybe that's what it's going to be. Is social media. Look what I can do. Look what I can do with the knife. And I don't know. So I just want Facebook Live everything, so people can watch. Well, yeah, but like, you know, in twenty years, there's not going to be Facebook Live. There's going to be something completely different. Right? Yeah, it's gonna be, yeah, yeah, definitely. Everything, is, everything is just it's changing. It's like the like like cooks and everything. Like uh, everything is changing. So I, I don't know, but we got to keep, you know, keep. Uh, our tradition, we gotta keep, you know, and our people, you know, just talking. So, Chris, I think I've revealed a couple of times on some of our episodes. One of my first jobs ever was at a restaurant, and I have no idea how the thing. I think everything was done in paper and pencil. Oh, back like, then, yeah. Now, yeah. you know, this was like this was the early '90s. Mm-hmm. But there are some places still here in Portland that are still run that way. And I can't even imagine how they keep track of everything that has to take place in a restaurant. But we have one that can make it easy, that can do a lot of things at once for a restaurant or perform a lot of important tasks yeah. for a restaurant. That's and right. We're talking about Upserve, the industry's largest and most comprehensive cloud-based restaurant management system. And I'm going to suggest that now's a good time to take a look and take stock. 2017 is ahead of us, and I'm sure there are a lot of... Uh, people running restaurants out there that could use a better system than they have right now yeah. and that could refer to some analytics to help them understand their customers better um, and just do a better job providing service. That's right. Over 8,000 restaurants across the country are doing just that. Upserves analytics. They also have point-of-sell solutions to help you run a smoother operation and help exceed those guest expectations. And from knowing which menu items drive repeat business to measuring staff performance, Upserve 
serves up only what you need to know to manage your restaurant. Yeah, it's interesting because anecdotally you could be like, yeah, we, we're serving a lot of this right now. Or, you know, your servers are saying this is really hot item. But do you really know that right. at and, the end of the day? And on top of that, how about how, how cool would it be as people walk in the restaurant, you know a lot about them, what they've ordered in the past. And you can greet them with a little more personal uh, treatment than that, you might have been able to. That's right. And I think you mentioned it, but like this will also help you measure your staff performance as well. It keeps it all right there in the same place. So visit upserve.com today and request a free demo. And of course, tell them Chris and Court sent you from right at the fork. That's in the kitchen. So outside of the kitchen, in this restaurant world that you have now, there's social media, which is, you know, I, for years I said this is an opportunity for a lot of restaurants to do marketing without really having to pay much mm-hmm. other than investing time or investing something in an intern to do these sorts of things. Can you keep up with that? Because, you know, as I said, I had a tough time finding your website. Um, I think it expired. I think you need to really? renew it. Yeah. Huh. I might be wrong, I, but when I looked it up, it said I think maybe it was like a, Squarespace, and it said this. It's where we use you, you search for authentic, search for Authentica. I searched for Authentica, Authentica PDX, Authentica Portland came up. I think it's Authentica Portland PDX. Is what it is. It's a Facebook, and uh, it does the website in there. Authentica PDX. Okay, well yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but my yeah. point is, I it's guess there. aside from that. And I want people to search for it. So if we have a long <laughs> no, enough there. No, conversation no, about there. it, they'll find it. I've been for you know ten years. It's still there. So I always check. So my my son, he's he's in charge of everything. So oh, that's I, what I was going to ask. So yeah. that's something you're not doing. You have somebody else. Yeah, he is is most you know in charge and 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 on that that part. Do you th- feel like you make you make an impact through social media on your restaurant, or have you've been established in your neighborhood for ten years? Are you mostly a neighborhood restaurant? You have a lot of people traveling from outside the area to come to the restaurant. It's a great block. You're on a fantastic block. We have Dana in today also mm-hmm. uh, from Dame, and that's enhanced it. I would imagine you're happy when you have new excellent restaurants in the neighborhood. Uh, I think that our bar. She's a wine bar. Uh, I think in a. Um that dark corner is becoming just a, a very great corner for the you know for the neighborhood. Just it's just a great neighborhood. Uh, when I was the the in that building, I was the first the first restaurant in that building. So back, oh, you were the groundbreaker there. Yeah. Who came next? Uh, next it was Micah. Micah. So the the. And he was in the he was in the building where Dame is now. And Dame right? is where Jacuzza was. Yeah, uh, it's where Jacuzza is, and uh, and then he opened DLC. DLC, right? And then we started, and then uh, then uh, he opened on the uh, this. How was it when you first opened? Was it was it quiet? Were, was it exciting there? What was going on uh, in so, that corner? Because uh, now it's like the hottest corner in the Northwest. Oh yeah, yeah. So, it's, it was. I don't mean, it, it I was, mean it was the was Northwest, not n- Northwest Portland. Right. Well, I meant Northeast Portland, but in, I'm talking, I'm including oh, Seattle. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no a way. place that people think about nationally as a destination. That yeah, block. We, we got like, uh, you know, Naomi, she's there, and uh, just a great restaurant in there. It's, uh, you know, DOC, it's Authentica, the bar. But was, it, was it a slow a, build? Was it quiet when you first started? Or? Oh, yeah, it was. I remember we got this Mediterranean restaurant uh, across on Killingsworth is the name it was Grala Grala or Grala I don't don't remember the name but that was the only one there but then he's how much how long after you opened did Micah open his restaurants how long how long did were you the only one there uh, I think for about a year, a year and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe a year and a half or two years because I think they turned eight years now. I think two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very quiet. I try, I tried to do uh, lunch. I think by but then I did like a. Did you have the space you have now, or did you have half the space? Did you half? Yeah, I figured yeah. that second the second dining room. Yeah, just to have the half, and then. Then I have the patio and the side room, mm-hmm. yeah, and 
uh, and I, uh, I'm pretty much, you know, uh, in a in a neighborhood restaurant, but I also I got a, a lot of great clientele from from this side of the river and uh, Lake Oswego, a lot of people Seattle, so a lot of people from all over New York and all that. Yeah. I would imagine it's getting a little tougher now because that traffic from Lake Oswego and South yes. where I am in Southwest yes. is really a barrier. It is for me because whereas two or three years ago I wouldn't think twice about where I was going at any given time. Now it's like tonight I'm going somewhere on Division, which is pretty <laughs> close to me, and it's going to be a 45-minute ride for what used to be a 20-minute, and, and I'm at the point where – how much time do I want to put in to get to a restaurant? To go to your place is probably an hour. An hour, like so 45 minutes. So you haven't seen me in a long time, then that's one of the main reasons, other than the fact that I'm also out yeah. on the coast. But um, is it getting, are you noticing a little bit of difference with the traffic? Is it is it becoming a little harder? Yeah, a lot of people, you know, reserving table and everything, you know, say, oh, we're going to run late or something, you know, but be, you know because it's traffic all over. And I, we always hear that. About, and know, that just, makes it a little tougher to run the restaurant because you're uh, juggling tables. Yeah, you know, no parking though. Every you know, like the other side of the river now, they put in like a a, a meter, you know, for mm-hmm. for the parking. Now. So that's little little tough, little hard now. So how do you um, how do you stay fresh and relevant? I know you're op- you're talking about opening a new place, but we did. I did a one of my Portland Food Adventures events with you last year, and it mm-hmm. was. In my mind, one of the best we've ever done, mm-hmm. and I it frustrates me to no end. We did well. We had a lot of people there. It oh, was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. nice. It was a nice showing. It's getting harder and harder to go to the ten-year-old restaurants that are great with wonderful chefs with lots of personality mm-hmm. and fill it because they're interested in the tusks and the the dames and the all the new restaurants yeah, of the yeah. world more so than you guys who've been around are still doing some incredible things. That one shrimp dish that you made still sticks in my mind as one of the best things I've eaten in the last five years. And it's easy for me to forget food from yesterday. So that one, so, so how do you remain, how do you remain fresh in people's minds? What are you doing to do that? I know you're going to, you're probably going to say, keep doing what you're doing and do the best you can. But is there anything else that you have to do over and above that you didn't have to do five years ago? Like I just let, let the people know, well, I don't know. How do you how do you keep it in a world where we in this world where we live in Portland, where everything's new, and there's new restaurant openings every month? You know, I remember when I first moved here, there might have been one restaurant every month or two. Now there are t- five a month at least. Ten. 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 Right? Okay. Twenty. I went well, low. it's <laughs> you know, uh, one of the for me. I think is is one uh, is is the neighborhood, and I also I. I just I try to you know try to keep in or uh, keep in thing like uh, people like it or give it the people what what they what they like what they want and uh, and uh, I just doing what I what I so the answer is just do what you do well and keep put yeah it, put, just, keep your heart in it just keep doing what you you know like that's what I'm doing just I'll keep. I severe, I really hope that continues to work. I get nervous for a lot of you guys who've been around that it's just tougher and tougher, especially with minimum wage laws changing and and uh, we have we're just saturated. I remember, I remember Anthony Caffiero when I first met him in two thousand nine. So that was seven years ago, telling me there's no way this is all gonna all this all these restaurants can survive. There's just too many restaurants for too few people in the city. Now we're getting more people. There's no doubt about that. But but the the ratio of restaurants to people is is just growing. Um, so I I just get a little concerned for that. I want to see you guys like you succeed. You should. You put in all the the hard work to to build a brand. Yeah. Well, I I just what I'm saying. I got just a great people on the back. I got Mauricio, my chef. It just uh, is is really like a <clears throat> so now is he command the, the you know the kitchen and everything, but I, I'm there all the time. So he he call me. He you know say hey we need this 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 we gotta talk and we're talking 
And about he, I got just some great people. So besides that, my son is on the back and everything. So, so you're a little better off when you open Mestiza, right? Where you didn't have enough to cover. Yeah, you now I think it will be, you know. So and that's a the reason. Shot at the new place. Yeah, and that's the reason I'm looking for to open uh, another. No, no do, big. Do you, do you have a Do you have a geographic area you're targeting? I'm looking for 80 second. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it just. I think uh, a lot of people, it will, you know, it will maybe scary and everything. But I think every second, everything, like all Poland is, is just changing, mm-hmm. everything. So a lot of people is moving from from here to across, across, across the bridge over there, the, mm-hmm. the freeway. So. And uh, and I think in a, maybe five years, I think 80 seconds is going to be like five or ten years is going to be like, Gentrified oh, a little yeah. bit more than uh, it's gonna be it's like gonna be uh, the just new, the new need, division. Yeah, I think you need just I need just one, one person who jumped there, and a Latin, and then everybody's gonna is gonna go there. Yeah. So it's a lot of people. It's a it's a it's a lot of people. So the audio division, a hundred and something. So I've been drive all the way because I I want to see you know how much traffic and you you don't imagine how how much. How many traffic? How much people live in there? Uh, it's a good people though. They got a good job. They they still people working in the industry and everything. You do something there, so it's gonna be more close and everything. So, and when people wanna to come into downtown, they will you know able to do it. But we we need something there in the eighty seconds. Just change it, and I think it's 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 changing now. Yeah, well that's interesting. That's gonna that's gonna be a huge. Growth area, if as you point out, there are a lot of people out there. Yeah, there's a, there's got, a, it's got a lot of, it's got a um, a long way to go because uh, it's right now it's not a, it's not yeah. the greatest area, but it you can see that it's on its. Then you got star in there with the uh, the country cat. I was just gonna say country cat, but it you just, did that seven year, eight years ago. Yeah, so. it, it's just right there. It's, it's just like a one, the observ- ever, observatory and everything. It's just a one block from thirty second, so people is there. So. Montable, all those people, you know, the people need need something there. So, when all this, you know, maybe two or three good restaurants in there, sup? Have you ever been? I've never been to Sailor's Country Kitchen. Have you been there? No. I, I've always wanted to go. For the, I hear their steaks are good, interesting. I yeah, have you been out there, Court? I have not. I will hear no. that too. And I, I, I saw the other day. Say, well, maybe my stop. By here now. Let's go sometime. Let's, yeah. Let's grab a steak together. Yeah. yeah um, so listen, I just was curious because you know a lot of people are on edge, especially here in Portland. Mm-hmm. This is, and then there's this secondary feeling, which is, well, we're in Oregon, we're in Portland, we're we're gonna be a little sheltered from some of the things that make us nervous with the Trump presidency. <laughs> How do you feel as a as a native Mexican here, and someone who's employing? Quite a few Mexicans. Well, I think I I, I hear a lot about about this you know situation uh, with the because it's uh, uh I know like with Trump or with with anybody. So the only thing I want I want just freedom. You know, be free to do it. You know, it's like me. He is somebody coming and uh, he say well because I am I am I am. I am immigrant, you know, I am illegal uh, and everything. But uh, this country giving me like a lot of opportunity and that's what I'm doing. And I just try to do what I like, try to give it to this 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 country. So So but how do you feel if if the the noises that have been made and the um, policies that have been talked about would prevent you people like you from coming in and starting in 2016 or 2018, what you did in 1995, does that concern you, or is that something you're, that you hear from your friends back in Mexico? And what do you hear? What's going on? Well, I hear a lot of you know, um, it just that whoa, it's more they they're afraid a little bit because there's a lot of family out there, you know, like the, be the poor and everything, and I, I'm 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 afraid too. I'm a little, you know, I got my my. My wife, my son, and my my daughter. So now they, my son is working at the restaurant. My daughter, she's working at OHU and everything. Uh, and all this, it can be affect for uh, a lot of a lot of people. A lot of you know. I don't I don't know if it's uh, specific to uh, to.
to uh, Mexican uh, people or uh, because there's a lot of immigrants out there so it's, it's for all over the world and uh, it's no I don't know if it's just only for uh, one one uh, no, one it's nation not just one that, yeah. but he's but he's certainly pointed to Me- a lot of Mexicans. Well, yeah 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 you know he's gonna not only build the wall mm-hmm. or talk about it anyway to keep people out but then wants to take find find the route to get them under the wall or over the wall back out over there and then not so uh, I I'm just curious because I'm you know I'm a white dude I I don't like what's going on at all I would imagine it would be no I don't I know I not agree at all with what happens uh, and um but in this case just I need I gotta keep, keep just keep working for me it just that's the only point and I've been talked to with a lot of a lot of people around and say well uh, just let's let's weigh what happens, you know, and uh, just it's not to to be afraid and everything. Just let's keep working. Let's keep keep uh, show you. Just like keep working. So you guys just gotta keep working. No, just just well, go the for the other. So if you keep working and you're working hard, you don't you're not watching the news, which I think is probably a good prescription for yeah a little more happiness. I think. But I I do I do I, I do see you know news and everything what happened you know like all the protests and uh, here in Poland and everything as is is very you know it's very sad and uh, it's and it's hard for a lot of a lot of people a lot of people a lot of family and everything it's it just but uh, now it's nothing we can do you know and uh, I just maybe keep keep focus I just keep like keep fighting for what we want like. Uh, or dream, you know, uh, uh, dream. It can be coming through anywhere. So and uh, and I just, I just, I, you know, I got here like almost twenty, living here almost twenty years, and uh, and I do, I, I got just a great respect for this, you know, this nation. It's just a great nation. It's a, it's a beautiful nation. They give uh, the opportunity. They give you like, it's there. You, you, you free. You know. So you. When you say that, I'm thinking we, America is great. I've always felt that we don't need to make. What is make it making it great again? I don't know what that means. What does that mean to you when you hear? I that? don't. I don't think it's necessary to bring a, a just uh uh like uh, this type of people like uh, or this uh you know even I want I don't want to say about our press our elect president right but. Uh, I just I think it make uh, making great um, making great America. I think uh, we gotta make you know together. So the the people we are just uh, like one nation. So and we don't need a I don't think a great president. Uh, I just we need something like a somebody who really believe in in the people and their own their own country. Well, you that's know. that's where my issue comes in. If you don't believe in the people and you don't believe the country is great, why are you running for, you know, you want to make it better, I suppose. But what was wrong with it? You just stated what was so wonderful about it, that you had opportunities and you built, you know, your life mm-hmm. with your family here. And so um, I'm sure you will continue to. Yeah, and no, I will. I will. I never going to stop then you know, because I didn't I didn't do anything Serious, anything like uh, the only thing I <laughs> anything did, serious. Uh, the only <laughs> what was what was less than serious. <laughs> the uh, the only thing I've been doing is just bringing the bring to the to this you know this beautiful city part of my culture, part of the traditional. What just is what I love, just food and uh, cooking for them. That's it. You know, one of the things I've found since I've gotten to know Jose Chesa pretty mm-hmm. well and some other folks like you, those people who came here from outside mm-hmm. love, just have such passion for what you do. And and that doesn't mean that Americans don't have passion. Mm-hmm. They do. But I, well, I really know, think yeah. people, people need to go to your restaurant who may not have been there before and experience the passion that you have because I have not been there and not had just a, a great time yeah. and you continue to do what you're doing and you do it at Uno Mas and looking forward to seeing to driving out to eighty second sometime yeah. next next year. Yeah, well you you can come in any time to authentic out. And you got a great brunch out there too. Correct? Oh yeah. 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 It's, it's always mentioned as one of the best brunches. So yeah. 
So what's good on the menu right now, quickly, because we have to end this. What should someone come out and order for brunch at Authentica? For brunch, of course, you got to do the chilaquiles. Okay. Chilaquiles, it's just, and also we got this uh, fry, uh, flat, flat sirloin with the tomatillo salsa. Uh, just uh, two eggs to a perfect perfection, just very tangy and good for a football brunch. And then you made the, the camarones with... And bone marrow, was that? Bone marrow. Yes. Those only uh, sometimes we got for a special. That, that's a special dish. So, and, uh, that those, is a special dish. I, it's incredible. So. Yeah, and, um, you know, my chef Maurice is still like, uh, you know, he really say, oh, I don't know how, but <laughs> those are really, really well, good. Those are fantastic, yeah. and, I, and I bow to you for doing those and everything that you've done, and um, thanks for taking time out of your Monday because you're not you're not at the restaurant. Well, you are at the restaurant, but you're not cooking today. Might yeah, be prepping no. a little. I don't know. It's time now. It's a little, but, you know, relaxing now. So it's, it's, I got a little more time. Good. Fine. Well, it's a pleasure having you, Oswaldo. Well, thank you, Chris, Great. for your, the invitation. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm there, you know. Yeah, no, I know you're, you're there. <laughs> Just let me know. That's, that's good for that block. <laughs> All right. Right at the Fork is supported by PortlandFoodAndDrink.com. The legendary food dude dishes up Portland food news and comprehensive guides to just about everything that has to do with food in Portland. From coffee and wine shops to bakeries and more. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at foodpodcastpdx or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Yeah.